Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canacorn Judy Wealth Management. And thanks for joining us here at Mike on Money, where we talk about everything that's going on in the markets and what we see coming up in the markets uh, for this week. Today, we're going to do a bit of a summary on the uh, mid-year update and kind of the outlook for the second half. As we are in the middle of the year and summer is upon us officially now. So we'll dive right into things this week. As always, everything in these videos are for educational purposes only. Uh, always do your own due diligence or reach out to us at mikeonmoney.com. Happy to look at your individual situation uh, and, and see how some of this information or any other strategies might apply to your personal portfolios or, or would fit into your financial plans. But always, uh, always look into it. Uh, and we do try to keep the information as accurate, as update as possible. But of course, things are always changing out there in the market. So always confirm all the information uh, before applying any uh, strategy to your plans. As always, if you're listening to us live here, you can click that Q&A button and put in your questions or send them in to us, just reach out to us. Uh, if you're listening to the recording or our podcast, go to mikeonmoney.com at our portal there and you can uh, access us through all our social media portals or direct, direct links on there to get a hold of us right away. So let's dive into what we've seen uh, coming up this week. Uh, we're, we're looking at the May, May US housing uh, sales, so the existing home sales. So uh, last week we looked at the uh, new starts. Uh, this is for existing home sales for May. Uh, still seeing some strong numbers uh, there and uh, still seeing strong numbers in Canada, although uh, definitely pricing is and volumes are uh, sorry pricing off the peak volumes are pretty high uh, so we're expecting similar trends down in the United the US uh, around the housing market uh, stock futures ticked down slightly after a big day on Monday uh, pretty much for the last two weeks we've seen a bit of up and down we've been talking about that uh, just uh, absorbing some of those inflation numbers we'll dive into those numbers a bit more detail here coming up uh, but also, uh, you know, summer doldrums, summer months, volumes tend to fall off, especially with the big reopenings happening uh, in different parts of the world. Uh, we are starting to see a little bit of those volumes fall off a bit. Not a big concern uh, as we'll dive into kind of the, the bigger trend that, we're, that continues in the, uh, in the markets the, uh, these days. Uh, same with Cloud for Dow and S&P ticked a little bit lower as well as the NASDAQ. So other things we're seeing out there, uh, the Fed's big tent framework uh, may fray under the inflation surge. So much like we saw in Canada, remember we talked about this, we were expecting a big surge in the inflation numbers as things reopened and then uh, level it off a little bit for the balance of the year. Same kind of things happen in the US. So the US, of course, uh, has been very, uh, very focused more on a job first monetary policy, trying to keep inflation out of things, keep interest rates out of things for as long as they can. Um, they are finding, of course, inflation is rearing a little bit of its ugliness uh, and they don't want to let it get out of hand, much like we've seen in Canada. Uh, so not we'll, we'll dive deeper to these numbers uh, further in today's uh, recording, but uh, not to be overly concerned that uh, this was kind of expected with the, the reopening. 
uh, U.S. employers are wrestling with the COVID vaccine requirements. So uh, this is just around, we're seeing this in Canada as well. Uh, we're seeing this reopen. Every province is slightly different. A lot of employers have uh, people across uh, different jurisdictions, uh, different rules in different areas, different availability of vaccines in different areas. Uh, you know, the farmers, obviously, with their seasonal workers and laborers, uh, you know, very, you know, difficult to try to, A, figure out what the rules are, but then getting all their workers up to those standards. But I think we're going to see, start seeing a lot of this uh, as the reopening starts happening. Corporations that uh, have had a work-at-home policy, or even those that had the voluntary work-at-home, as they look at bringing workers back, you know, the first big thing we're going to see is uh, who comes back because some of those jobs are going to remain remote or uh, the option of remote, which uh, is going to be good, but it's going to be transformative. Uh, as so a lot of those people, depending on where they live or where they need to live, because they might not have to be in those commuted um, distances anymore. And then those who, uh, who are required to go back to work, we've seen a lot of them saying, I'm not going to. They're just going to quit and find a job uh, that uh, that continues to be remote or, or that allows them to be remote. Uh, so the employers might have some challenges around that. Uh, but then also, you know, when they do say we're open for business again, what are going to be the rules? Because not only do you have your jurisdictional rules to deal with, uh, depending on what province or state or city that you happen to be located in, uh, but then you also have you know, sort of duty of care, right? You, as they reopen, they want to make sure the policies they put uh, around reopening uh, are safe for their employees. Uh, because the last thing any company wants to have is a big outbreak in an office or in one of their establishments, uh, because then they get shut down again uh, and back and forth and back and forth is not what anyone wants to achieve. So I think we're going to see a lot of news and a lot of announcements around companies how they're going to uh, approach these reopenings, uh, what policy is going to be made, and uh, what that's going to look like. Uh, and I don't think too many companies are out there panicking to be first. I think they want to see what other people come out with, uh, and then maybe try to copy something that looks good. Anyway, moving on. Global passengers, aviation, um, uh, you know, uneven recovery. Uh, from the pandemic. Uh, so global passenger aviation is making an uneven recovery from the pandemic. Obviously, uh, some of the major things, you know, around uh, different country travel, domestic travel, short and long haul flights are all different. It's been patchy at best uh, with some areas or some uh, places like in the United States, uh, some cities, uh, the, uh, the, the flights, local flights pick it up dramatically. But then, you know, especially on the international side or the long haul flights, there's still a lot of uncertainty, not just around directions uh, and rules for your, your country or, or location uh, as far as departure and return goes, but also where you're going, right? Like what's going on at your destination? What are the rules there? What's the situation? Uh, what's the state of their vaccine rollouts? Uh, is, has a lot to play here. And I think that's going to continue for the most of 2021 is global passengers are going to have a hard time really getting back to normal or, you know, kind of that, that quick decision to say, hey, I'm going to go there or I'm going to go here uh, because there's a lot more involved in it than just what your local um, 
environments is it's really more about where you're going and what that means when you're there. Um, the, the feds, uh, we talked about this uh, last week as well. The fed officials, you know, are really taking a look at their, uh, you know, tapering the, the bond, uh, or the federal reserves, uh, massive economic, um, liquidity, um, structure that they put into place. Uh, basically, you know, of course, through all this pandemic, the fed reserve has been buying up and shoring up, uh, credit quality in the bond market. Uh, they want to taper this off. Uh, as the economy recovers on its under its own merits, they want to taper that off and let the economy run it on its own and and have the uh, the liquidity of the market being driven by uh, growth in the economy. Uh, and of course, a lot of things that they learned from the uh, 2007 to 2009 recession, where the the financial crisis took place, really helped at the beginning of this pandemic, right? There, their quickness to provide liquidity to the market, their, their quickness to, uh, you know, get the stimulus packages out, all helped the uh, prevent a, a big drawn out recession when the economy quickly closed down. But this reopen is going to be a little bit different because the rollout uh, has been different, and so is uh, so is the reopen. And it's obviously, it's taken a bit longer for the reopening and restarting of the economy than it did back in '09. Uh, so there, there's a lot of news coming out of the reserve around this. Well, of course, we'll stay on top of it as those things, those developments come out. Biden is still going back and forth with Congress around the infrastructure uh, package and how to pay for that. A lot of back and forth, uh, a lot of pushback from the Republicans. And I don't think this is going to go away. The lawmakers in the Senate, you know, are... Uh, you know, hesitant to approve. Uh, they, they've come back and forth with, they're still pretty far apart of the negotiations. So I think this story is going to go on for a little while. Uh, U.S. Supreme Court rebuffs uh, issuers on an Obamacare reimbursement. So uh, if you've been following this case, uh, this was all around, around Obamacare uh, and about getting reimbursements from the federal government under the provisions of Obamacare. Uh, and that was rebuffed by the Supreme Court, refusing to hear the case. Uh, so this is good for for the um, for keeping Obamacare in place uh, in the U.S. Uh, and, and you know, as many times as they've tried to, even when the Republicans had power, uh, they couldn't uh, get this out. Uh, and and this is with a uh, Republic, Republican bent court, and the new U.S. Supreme Court uh, still it remains and continues to stay in place. The climate, uh, the climate is big on the agenda with Biden as he prepares to meet with uh, top financial regulators. So, you know, Biden's get together with the regulators to discuss, uh, you know, how they're going to deal with um, regulatory environment in the United States, states, especially around finances. Uh, you know, back in we mentioned 0809, it, uh, tight regulation tightened up a lot in the financial crisis. Under the last administration, it really loosened again, and Biden's looking to tighten some of those up. He already has done that with some, some special orders and uh, executive orders, rather. And uh, he's looking to meet with regulators as to how this is going to look going forward. And obviously, a lot of uh, focus around climate change technology and providing credit and funding for those initiatives. As far as COVID goes, of course, we're all getting happier and happier as we continuously hear more uh, reopenings as far as, you know, uh, here in BC, of course, we can have events up to 50 people. 
the second vaccine rollout is going quite well. I, I, I'm a two-timer now. I've got my second vaccine. So uh, more and more people uh, are, are getting that second shot. Uh, we're well into the mid to high 70s percentile as far as the first shot going here, BC. And I believe I saw Canada overall, we're over the 75% mark. Uh, back east, we're seeing reopening in Ontario, Quebec. The Maritimes have reopened for uh, maritime travel. And I believe it's going to be uh, beginning of July. They're going to uh, open for Canadian travel anyway. And of course, Canada has announced now uh, for those who have their two vaccines, uh, we'll be able to skip the um, quarantine if you travel globally. So you'll be able to do global travel and return without doing the hotel or the 14-day uh, quarantine at home if you've had your two shots. Now, there is some policy and procedures around that. I won't go into all that, but definitely look it up if you are planning any travel, uh, providing proof of your vaccines. And you do have to register on their Arrive Can app uh, to show that you've got your vaccine and uh, your, your situation and get that approval in place. So make sure you double check all the approvals and also double check your vaccines, uh, not just for Canada, of course. Canada is allowing this for those who've had vaccines for any of the approved vaccines in Canada. The big one there being Astra AstraZeneca one, uh, because that was not approved in the United States. So as we see these things reopen, again, keep an eye on your destination and what their rules are, uh, because in some states where uh, they're reopening their venues, uh, they're reopening entertainment and sports to those who are fully vaccin vaccinated. Uh, there was one example, I think last week on Broadway, where uh, they reopened Broadway for live, uh, live viewing, uh, but everyone had to provide proof of uh, uh, US approved vaccine so those who had the AstraZeneca vaccine were not approved to go to that particular show. Um, that's not the case for everything. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of negotiations happening between uh, governments around how they're going to deal with global vaccines because it's not just the ones here in Canada and the United States. Of course, there's the Russian uh, Sputnik vaccine and of course China and all around the world um, have different approvals. Uh, and how they're going to be handled around these uh, reopening uh, plans, not just for travel, but for venues when you're in those other countries. So just make sure you do your uh, due diligence before you go on uh, to any international trips um, and understand where your vaccine, depending on which one you have, is, is being treated at. Let's take a look at the US. Uh, the Fed Reserve has mentioned there are a lot of talks going on around the, the schedule of the uh, coronavirus reopening and uh, inflation and interest rate numbers. And that's going to continue. As I mentioned, we're looking for existing home sales data out of the US. We are expecting to, again, to be a very strong number, uh, about 5.7 million uh, after the month before being 5.85. Uh, still uh, you know, very strong record numbers down there. And uh, the Federal Reserve uh, in the different states are of course having a lot of meetings and discussions around how the uh, liquidity, the continuation of liquidity and how they're going to taper off into uh, an economic growth uh, cycle. Big US retailers are lining up to deal with Amazon Prime frenzy, which was yesterday and today. Uh, Canada's got postponed, I guess, because our reopening 
across the country isn't in, in full swing. Uh, they said to protect their employees, they're going to postpone and schedule another day for Canada's Prime Day. Uh, if you're not familiar with Canada's Prime Day, the big sale they do once a year on Amazon for Prime members, uh, where they uh, discount a, a lot of the products, uh, kind of like your Black Friday for Amazon. Uh, and Canada's has been delayed. So I'm not sure when that number is going to happen, but obviously all you all retailers try to line up deals on the same day to try to track some of that shopping dollars. Uh, Exxon's AGM uh, finally figured out their uh, new board of directors uh, as they were going through a bit of a battle, uh, tallying up the votes to uh, figure out who is going to be the, the chairman. Uh, turns out to be uh, Steve uh, Kandarian. Uh, X met life um, to take over the seat uh, after a battle with a former Caterpillar chief uh, as they uh, did their from the preliminary count on that. And there was, this was really around the, the direction of the company. And obviously with all the big oil companies or energy companies, it has been around um, shifting technologies, moving away from pure fossil fuels and expanding uh, expanding the revenues to represent a more diverse energy platform uh, as the world is shifting that way. We've been talking about it for years and certainly over the last couple of years as that push is, is getting stronger and stronger. Uh, 13 organizations are, are, uh, have allied against the, with the high tech companies, sorry, to push the U.S. Congress to drop some of the, uh, some of the more far-reaching antitrust bills. Of course, we've been covering this for, for months now. There's a lot of antitrust uh, bills out uh, around the world in the EU. There's several in the US Congress, there's several in their mountain. And this is just around the tech company's use of personal data uh, and not just how they're, you know, their access to the data, how they're using that data, but more so how they're using that to push out competition or to reinforce their, their stronghold against smaller competitors um, in, uh, in, their, in their individual markets. So, uh, so there's a lot of groups out there who want to uh, keep some of those things in place uh, for the high-tech companies, uh, just because obviously the bigger ones bring out a lot more new product. Uh, but we'll see how that, uh, how that progresses in Congress. Uh, CNH Industrial uh, struck a $2 billion deal to buy Raven Industries. Uh, this is, I think, the third um, kind of consolidation restructuring we've seen in the global agricultural equipment business. Uh, and this is an Italian-American vehicle maker uh, where they're spinning off uh, one of the lines to focus on trucks, buses, and uh, uh, industrial engines, uh, while the other focuses on strictly on agriculture. Uh, so a little restructuring going on in that industry uh, as we've seen a surge of spending and upgrades uh, in that sector. Airlines and the unions are pushing U.S. Uh, prosecutors to really focus on egregious onboard conduct. And, and if you follow the news around travel at all, there has been a massive surge in this, not just during the pandemic or, or during uh, the, you know, obviously the travel restrictions we've been under, but uh, even pre-COVID, uh, we were seeing a lot of increase, uh, or, or it's certainly from my perception, we seem to be a lot of increase in uh, airline passengers not wanting to follow whatever rule might in the might have been in place, uh, and and uh, and also the airlines not necessarily, um, you know, uh, applying those rules 
uh, uniformly, and which led to some uh, altercations or um, bad situations, if you want to call it that, of having to remove people aggressively from planes. Uh, you know, not working out well for either side, neither the passengers nor the airlines. And obviously, that's not gotten any better through uh, through the pandemic, uh, as people now have, of course, the mask um, mandates, of course, the the test requirements, the vaccine requirements. All these things are only going to increase that animosity or that tension uh, for those who are against those rules, right? The, the, those who don't want to get a vaccine, those who don't want to wear a mask. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, they're really pushing for the U.S. aviation to have the attorney general uh, really put, you know, more more teeth around the rules or more um, consequences to those who violate the rules uh, to help enforce uh, enforce that. Now that being said, hopefully there's some on the other side as well for airlines to be more consistent uh, about those rules and and make sure that it, they're applied fairly. Uh, and in a way that people aren't, you know, passengers are being massively inconvenienced and then also people are getting hurt. So uh, we'll uh, keep a close eye on that, especially as the airways start to open up again. Coming up in Canada, uh, nothing major uh, announcements this week. Of course, we're watching a lot of different things going on. The Bank of Canada is, uh, you know, looking to break its sequence of, of lower uh, terminal rates as the governments uh, start to splurge out there. Um, you know, households are flush with cash. Uh, investors are betting on the Bank of Canada's uh, next tightening cycle uh, expected, as I mentioned before, kind of the beginning, middle of 2022, where interest rates could climb, um, you know, to the previous peak. Now, keep in mind, we, when we say it's going to start to climb, I don't want people to too much panic about that because if the economy is growing at a healthy rate, it should be able to absorb it. And remember, we've had a big cut in 2020 uh, in those rates. So even if we get back to pre-pandemic rates, um, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't slow down the economy that much. We should still see uh, real growth be happening in the economy, uh, but obviously we, we do need to see that inflation numbers uh, come down a bit. Soaring costs are challenging for uh, retailers as they're out there trying to reopen and, and, and pick up on this pandemic, post-pandemic uh, rebound. Uh, as things, uh, you know, get back to normal and all these uh, Canadians who are flush with cash uh, go out shopping again. Uh, they do have added costs. You know, a lot of people shift to, shifted to online, which, of course, there's shipping costs involved there that erodes uh, profits. Um, you know, more uh, cleaning costs, precautionary members, even as, you know, restrictions lift, there's still a lot of those things in place. And, of course, inflationary pr pressures around, their products um, or, or raw materials for their goods are really pushing up costs, but it's a very competitive market out there with the online shopping being so uh, prolific, uh, price matching becomes you know, even more, uh, more difficult to compete against. Uh, and uh, on top of that, you know, as we've talked many, many times with the bit of stall, the backlog on the manufacturing side, there is driving up some costs on, uh, on finished goods. So, all that is pushing a little bit of uh, more stress on retailers as they reopen, uh, but hopefully we'll get through that surge uh, and things will slowly return back to normal levels. Uh, so I've already talked about Canada lifting their border restrictions on July 5th. That's uh, you know great next step for next month. Um, that's for those fully vaccinated. So if you haven't 
got your second vaccine yet, do get out there, uh, or I'm sure you're registered, uh, and get out and get those. Um, uh, and then hopefully, hopefully we can start traveling again. Uh, but as I, as I did mention, keep a close eye on what those requirements are, uh, because they are, they have been so far subject to quick change. So stay on top of those. Uh, Canada's Transit ends talk uh, ends takeover talk with uh, Quebec businessman uh, Palado. Uh, so Transat, you know, if you followed this story, we covered it a couple of times through 2020 uh, and into 2021. Of course, Air Canada had a deal to buy them out uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, that got renegotiated during the pandemic. You know, the price of the takeout, uh, and then that stalled, um, and Air Canada walked away. Uh, probably rightfully so. Why would they take on more debt and more capacity uh, when you know they're running at uh, I don't know a very reduced uh, capacity? I'm not sure exactly what percentage they're at these days, uh, but a, a much reduced of their own capacity already at the moment. So uh, Transat's been out there looking for a new buyer, and uh, you know continues to have trouble, which is not surprising. Who wants to take on a an airline at this point in time? you know, given the current situations. On the foreign exchange front, uh, the dollar uh, continued to struggle a little bit uh, after a little bit of gains on, on the Fed meeting. Uh, this is going to continue, uh, of course, uh, with inflation and, um, and debt pressures uh, in the U.S. The bond yield uh, breached just over the, uh, the, the 150 level, uh, still remaining very low, uh, you know, as far as certainly not in any uh, warning area for us. Uh, and the Canadian dollar, I believe, was at 81.1 uh, today, uh, or earlier this morning, anyway. So uh, things continue there. We did see, of course, to keep you up to date on Bitcoin, uh, we did see a, a break through the 30,000 level. So pretty much wiping out all of 2020's gains uh, in Bitcoin, as we saw that pull back. Mostly on the news, China continuing to shut down uh, any cryptocurrency activity within their borders. Uh, and also, I believe it was Iran uh, also putting a stop to a lot of crypto uh, activity. So uh, we'll continue to see that. On the commodity front, uh, oil breaking to its highest level in two years through the $75 uh, level on optimistic uh, numbers uh, um, about reopening and continued uh, increase in demand worldwide. Copper inch back higher after having a pullback from its highs. Uh, and gold gained a little bit uh, early in European trading, uh, just on inflation. So let's take a look at where we are in the markets and where we expect it to to go. Obviously, the, uh, the overall financial markets have strong, have been strong uh, over the last uh, year and a half. We have seen a little bit of stalling in growth, as I mentioned, uh, mostly around kind of just uh, absorbing some of this inflation pressures uh, and taking a little pause uh, for the kind of the summer months. Or certainly June, June tends to have that effect on the markets, uh, slowly picking up going into later July and August. So, so nothing unexpected there. Uh, wouldn't panic about that. Uh, we are seeing core inflation spike to some 25-year uh, high levels. Uh, as I mentioned, this is the reopening spike. We, we knew that was going to happen. We didn't know exactly the levels. We've seen that now. Uh, as long as we start to see those coming coming down, that should not be any uh, any concerns. Uh, and again, we're seeing that continued jobless claims start to creep lower and lower, which is good. And that says the pandemic uh, job losses get reabsorbed uh, and continue to pick up 
uh, as the economy expands again. Uh, we are looking for a strong uh, economic growth well into 2022, and it's mostly around this global money supply, right? It, it not does, Don't look at Canada, but we have this global synchronization of uh, money supply and liquidity um, around the world, just basically making it easy for companies to expand and grow and, and let the economies uh, continue to recover. Uh, Long-term in inflation is expected to hit its highest levels since 2012, or since 2012 uh, as we continue to see core inflation rise throughout the year. Uh, again, after we hopefully see a pullback through the summer. Uh, and uh, obviously the US Fed and, and Canada are on top of these. The global, the global banks are watching them very closely, uh, really looking to offset any kind of um, hyperinflation uh, as we did see those levels drop to kind of mid 70s levels. Central banks are, you know, have been pro providing significant stimulus out there to keep that money growth at, and keep it at a historical high as uh, we get through this historical period of shutdown uh, for the economy to continue its recover. And, and there's really no incentive for any of the central banks out there to want to slow this down. Um, there's, you know, there's no knee-jerk reaction for them to say, "Hey, first of all, just because inflation spiked for a month or two, uh, they're, you know, they're not looking at it and saying, hey, you know, this whole situation's over, the economy is flourishing, uh, we can turn the tap off all at once. This is going to be a slow, steady trickle for a while as they let that economic growth, real economic growth, take hold because." They've been stimulated, right? There's no, there's no secret behind that. In 2020, it's, it was largely driven by economic stimulus from the governments, uh, and now it's starting to take hold. They're not about to kick that out, um, you know, pull away the the rug, as it were, and and have it falter again after all the money and effort that went into uh, keeping it going. So we do not see 2020 seeing that falter. We do see it starting to taper off. Uh, into 2020, late 2021 and into 2022, but that's where we'll see the real growth take hold and we'll be able to uh, you know, focus on those sectors and those economies as that happens. Uh, we are, uh, of course, keeping uh, you know, an eye on the, the key metrics, uh, the vaccine rollouts. I've mentioned many, many times before. Uh, it's been great to see it in the developed countries. Uh, and how it's been exceeding our, our, our expectations, certainly from the beginning of the year to the middle of the year. Uh, you know, our conversations uh, in January about the vaccine rollout, uh, whether here in Canada or anywhere, is very different from where uh, we are positioned today. I don't think, it, you know, that success or percentage of success uh, was what we were predicting back in January 1st. Uh, so that is really helping. But now we're turning our sights away from uh, those countries and into the to the rest of the world and seeing how that's going to uh, you know turn things around and also stop looking at that surge of reopening because that's already started to happen. What we're looking at is where are we going to level off and what sectors are going to be the ones we want to focus on as we move past that initial surge of uh, of household savings that's been pent up through uh, through the the lockdown there. So that's where we are. That's where we see things. Uh, all very positive. Love to have your questions and feedback. Go to mikeonmoney.com. Let us know uh, what you're thinking, what you'd like to hear more about. We did put out Monday our fourth and final installment 
on uh, Bitcoin on our video series. And next week, uh, uh, next Monday, we have a, uh, a deep dive into where, you know, how to save uh, for, especially for higher income earners, how to save beyond kind of the RSP and TFSA. If you're, if you're an aggressive saver or you've got savings beyond those two, how do you position that to still uh, have effective tax efficient growth? So we have a video coming out on that. So we'll look forward to your comments on that one. Uh, so with that, go out there and enjoy all the sunshine we're getting these days. Uh, stay safe. Uh, of course, it is cold and hot. It goes from rain to hot here in Vancouver. And I know the rest of the country and in the United States are seeing this heat wave as well. So stay safe out there and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, everyone.